takes care of all this. Your first, your first step to. Oh, there, boom! Look at this. This is gorgeous. This is gorgeous. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of In Those We Trust Sports. For all of those who are just listening, maybe not watching, it's a shame because you're missing a beautiful face. We have a guest co-host today, Dave Wallace. Dave, appreciate you joining, man. Of course, yeah. Everyone, welcome to the official podcast of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. It's a Philly takeover. Malik messed up. Um, some people are saying that it was very selfish of Malik to pick his career over recording the podcast tonight. Right. He had a work event. I don't know. That that's him. That's him, not us. You know, we it's podcast first for us. <laughs> but it is uh is the Philly takeover gonna touch on obviously the Eagles and Chiefs, the big matchup that's coming up on this Monday night that I'm sure everybody's gonna be watching. But before we look ahead to the future, we must first look behind us. And we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to do some bold takes, some bold takeaways based on what we watched this past Sunday. Now that we are, what, Dave, I guess beyond the halfway point of the season. Can that be right? Yeah, it's week 11. So we're almost, we're way past. Oh, yeah. Right? Week I 11? Think yeah, I think you're right. Wow. I'm just in denial. I don't want to, I don't want to accept the fact that we're recording at 530 and it's dark outside. And that the NFL season is already in week 11. But, That's right. But we, I digress. Um, again, let's, let's look forward. Actually, before we start, something funny, Dave, because what is a Philly podcast with a little bit of sports depression? There was really nobody I wanted more to be the co-host with me today without Malik than Dave. But then I thought of a scary stat. Uh, all time, the Philadelphia Eagles are 0-1 against the Kansas City Chiefs. The week that Dave joins the podcast. Now, again, wanted to throw <laughs> as Dave goes on mute, um, aka not Malik, just for all those wondering. But yeah, no, I had to bring up the depression because it's just it wouldn't be fair. I think Malik wouldn't want to listen to this if we did just completely take it over. So this is this is my way of saying Malik, we miss you, and there's our depression for the day. I don't miss you, Malik. <laughs> That's fair. Neither do I. No, let's move forward. Um, well, some bold take and takeaways. Uh, Going to highlight the first game. Arguably the most exciting, probably the most exciting from this past Sunday, the Lions and the Chargers. Lions <laughs> took care of business. 41-38. to 38. They improved to 7-2. and two. The Chargers do what the Chargers do and what they've been doing. Uh, I'm kind of over the whole bit with them. But a bold takeaway has come from it from Dave. So without further ado... Dave, take it away. Yeah, I mean, no surprise to anyone. That game was a boat race. Chargers defense can't stop anyone. Lions defense is getting there, but still not really doing much. Um, big takeaway from that game, and this is a season-long take, uh, part of our NFL bold take section here. The Lions obviously will make the playoffs. I don't think that's mm -hmm. an, a doubt in anyone's mind. The Lions will not win more than one playoff game, if that. That's my bold NFL take, my first Ooh. NFL bold take of the week. I look at this team, and they can boat race with anyone. They can score mm -hmm. a bunch of points. But when it comes down to it in the playoffs, when it's kind of that head-to-head, -head, white knuckle, really just bash them up, get in the trenches, what's going to happen? They haven't shown me much yet. I mean, they're a good team. They're borderline great team. But I don't know if I have faith in Dan Campbell. I don't know what this team's mm -hmm. going to do when they get to the playoffs. Uh, it'll be interesting. They've got some playmakers, but they've also got a lot of inexperience. And, you know, I just I need to see a little bit more from them. And you could say that about any team. But for now, I'm talking about the Lions. No, definitely. And I think 
it's not crazy, right? Because there are always these teams that are fun to watch. The offenses are explosive as all hell. I mean, look at the Dolphins this year too, right? You can almost say the same thing about them. It's like they're winning games. They're putting up 70 against the Broncos, but then they see the Chiefs. They see the Eagles, which is more of that balls of the wall, bare knuckle football. It's what you're going to get in the playoffs. It's what you're going to get in the playoffs. And it's interesting because you kind of look at the NFC, and this was something that I know Malik and I kind of talked about. I feel like it's going to come down to three and probably two teams because fuck the Cowboys. But – it's going to come down to the Eagles, the Niners, and you can put the Cowboys in that other tier. And those are three teams that I can see, like you said, even if the Lions win that first playoff game, I can't see them beating any of those three. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a long season. They've got a lot more to do. Everyone's got a lot more to do. But um, yeah, first bold take, Lions not going deep this year. Mm. Unfortunately. Well, look, it's been fun. And I think I was actually looking at their schedule. It's relatively easy. So there is a world that the Lions can get the one seed if they went out, if the Eagles go in a little bit of a downward spiral during this gauntlet of a schedule that they have coming up. Um, But the Lions have it all in front of them. But you're right. I think when they line up and they see a team like the Niners, like the Eagles, shit, even the Seahawks, if they see them in the first round, I know they played a few weeks ago, but I can see the Seahawks even taking them down if that defense steps up, but it's going to be exciting. Going to be exciting, but I like the bold take. Would you believe me if I told you that Seahawks game was week two already? It was no. nine weeks ago. No, I truthfully said the I said, <laughs> I said a few weeks ago, fully thinking it was like week eight. So there you go. Two completely different teams. That is crazy. That's crazy. Well, look. Um, on. Yeah, and in that game, they lost 37-31. Right. Right. So kind of to your point, their defense is looking a little bit better, but in comparison to what it's been, like that's not really saying too much. Um, it's interesting. So your first bold take, I dig it. It's it's a playoff team. It's a team that's weirdly enough fighting for a one seed. Um, your next bold take, I'm not going to give it away, but they're also battling for number one. Um, but the next game that we are going to highlight are those New York Giants getting demolished against the Dallas Cowboys. As we know, this is what the Cowboys do. They beat up on the bad teams, blah, blah, blah. Go figure. Now CeeDee Lamb's the best receiver in the world. Dak's the MVP. It's funny how that works. Cowboys 49, Giants 17. Dave, what is your bold take from this game specifically? Yeah, I mean, you lined it up perfectly. We're we're talking about a new number one, and we're not talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Um the New York Giants, my second bold take of the week. The New York Giants will get the number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. 2023? 2023 NFL draft. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. they've already confirmed that Tommy DeVito is going to be their starting quarterback next week or this week. It doesn't yeah. look like they have any plans to bring anyone in to replace him and or Daniel Jones and or anyone else that's playing quarterback there which means they're completely content with rolling out this team, scoring somewhere in the region of seven to, I mean, I guess 17 points if you include garbage time (laughs) against the Cowboys. But this team's bad. This team's doing nothing to get better. They just sold one of their best players, if not their best player. So, I mean, you look at this team, there's no hope. There's nothing on the horizon. You look at teams like, uh, let's talk about Arizona, who just got Kyler Murray back. He's going to be fighting for that number one job. He wants to make sure he has a job next year. You look at Carolina. 
I mean, yeah, they're, they're still a very good bet for number one, but they've shown <laughs> that they can win games, you know? They just recently won a game. Uh, the Giants, most recently, have not come anywhere within three scores of a game. So <laughs> it's just, I mean, anything can happen. I don't think it's the craziest hot take out there, but the Giants getting the number one pick in the draft is is where I'm settling. I don't love it as far as being an Eagles fan and what that means for us. But um, yeah. No, I don't think it's definitely not crazy. So you touched on obviously the teams that have been there all year. Kyler Murray looked awesome. And he looked like Kyler Murray coming back like as good as he could look. Maybe awesome. He He did look, he always does every week, (laughs) (laughs) but he looked good. And you're right. It almost seems like by accident, if nothing else, that, he will lead them to more wins than they were expected to get. You look at Carolina, who's to say that Bryce Young maybe continues to progress? And you're right. They don't have that pick. The pick goes to Chicago. They don't care about tanking. They care about getting Bryce Young better and better each week. So they're going to be fighting to win. And I think you look at Brian Dable, who was looked at as like this offensive genius. What he did with Daniel Jones last year was awesome as an Eagles fan because they got him paid an absurd amount for what he should have gotten paid. But maybe he's looking at this thing and saying, look, I need my quarterback. That's either Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever it may be coming out of the draft. Like, we need to start this thing from scratch. We did it your way with Daniel Jones. He's not the guy. You're right. As an Eagles fan, it's unfortunate to hear because I kind of like watching Daniel Jones play football. (laughs) I mean, selfishly, I love watching him play football. (laughs) selfishly i love watching him play football but it's an interesting point the giants are shit uh we know we'll beat them twice bet boston scott to score touchdowns when that happens uh always a free payday for everybody that's right uh awesome well look next bold take and i'll take this one because it comes from the same game another very exciting one the houston texans beat the cincinnati bengals hmm, 30 to 27 I have two takeaways from this game, though. And the first one can honestly be tossed away. We record on uh, tonight is Thursday. Obviously, the Bengals are playing the Ravens. So this take might be thrown away by the time this podcast comes out. But I'm putting my money on the Bengals to win their division. I It might just be blind hope in Joe Burrow and the experience that that team has. They haven't looked right all season. They've been banged up all season. Joe Burrow... I feel like he's kind of starting to come back into his own. T. Higgins was out last week. He's out tonight against the Ravens. But I just believe in him. And I think coming off of a tough loss like that at home, that they will bounce back and beat the Ravens. Again, I might look like an idiot. The Ravens win like 30 to 10. But I just believe that that's going to happen. I'll I'll take the experience. And I just don't fully trust Lamar. I don't fully trust now the Browns without Deshaun Watson. And I can't trust the Steelers, who somehow are 6-3. and So almost by default, I'll bet on Joe Burrow and the Bengals to to win that division. What do you think? Yeah, you're actually lining me up for my last hot take of the night. But um, I knew it. No, I think that's that's a um, a very good prediction. Um, I think you're right. This team has a lot of experience. This team has a lot of playmakers. Whether it be obviously Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, um, T. Higgins hasn't looked right. He hasn't been healthy all year. But when he comes back, I mean, he's a game changer. He's one of the one of the best number two receivers in the league. I mean, coming into the year when everyone was healthy, we were talking about Jamar Chase and or sorry, um, 
Higgins and Chase and Hill and Waddle and Brown and Smitty. Like we're talking about all these duos and we're like, oh, who's the best one? And everyone was putting them in that conversation. And yeah, now he's been banged up and the team doesn't look right, but they have so much experience on both sides of the ball that you have to bet on this team to kind of pull it together and figure it out by the end of the year. Um, you could say the same thing about a lot of teams. You could say the same thing about mm-hmm. the Bills who have just looked off. Uh, I know we've got a lot to talk about with the Bills. Yes, we um, yeah, and I'm not sold on the Ravens. Um, mm. I do think they're obviously one of the contenders in the AFC, which is a very deep conference right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you look around and they're kind of the opposite. You have guys, well, you got guys like Zay Flowers and a bunch of rookies that are contributing across the board, and they're very good. Um, you also have proven vets like Lamar and Mark Andrews. And, yeah, I mean, they kind of have a mix of both, which is good. Um, I need to see more from them. I think they've been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has. Um, but yeah, I don't think the Bengals winning the AFC North is that big of a stretch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think with the Ravens too, one of the things that they continue to hang their hat on was that defense. And again, what we just watched the Browns do, and now with the news that we have on Deshaun Watson playing what half or the entirety of the second half, uh, of that game with (laughs) a broken shoulder, um, and still coming back and getting a win, like choking a lead like that at home kind of showed you that the Ravens have a weakness. And again, it's kind of just betting on the right team to get hot at the right time. But staking with the Bengals-Texans game, uh, it was interesting because my next bold take is that we watched somebody who should be in the MVP discussion seriously. Uh, and it wasn't Joe Burrow. It was the other quarterback, C.J. Stroud. This kid's been unbelievable, and I think he's cemented the offensive rookie of the year, and that's fine. But I look at what he's done this season. Second most passing yards. Kids throwing two interceptions all year long. And to me, when you talk about the MVP, I know I started with stats, but to me, the the genesis of the award is most valuable. It's most valuable player. And I look at most valuable player to his team. And what the Texans were what they were coming into this season, they were not expected to do anything. Win what? Maybe three, four games, which they've already eclipsed. They're five and four. They have a real opportunity looking at their schedule if the Jaguars continue to struggle. Now, I know they played the Niners, but if the Jags continue to struggle how they looked on this past Sunday, there's a real window for the Texans to win that division. And I think if they do, C.J. Stroud's going to have to continue to play near the pace that he has been playing with And if that's the case, if this Texans team wins 10 games, wins the division, C.J. Stroud putting up those numbers, it's hard not to put him in the MVP conversation. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy at all to put him in the MVP conversation. I mean, they drafted him to be their franchise quarterback, all well knowing that this year was almost definitely going to be a throwaway year. You have Mm -hmm. Nico Collins as your RB1. I mean, or sorry, wide receiver one. But I mean... (laughs) Um, you've got pieces across the board, very, very few pieces. And the only thing holding them together is CJ Stroud having one of the best rookie seasons that we've seen through 10 weeks. Uh, it's remarkable. It's absolutely insane to watch. He's so much fun. He's making plays around the field. Um, I don't think him being in the MVP conversation is crazy at all. I think that is fully warranted. I think the Texans winning the division is going to be incredibly hard. Um, Jaguars could fall apart at any point. Um, the division's really bad, so there are a lot of winnable games on that schedule, but the mm-hmm. AFC is so competitive. So if they don't win it, even pulling in that wild card spot is going to be True. so tough. True. No, it definitely is. And and I think 
the AFC South, much like the NFC South, like if you don't win that division, you're probably not making the playoffs. But just to rattle off their next couple of games, I mean, they're home against the Cardinals. I know we just talked about Kyler looking better, but it's still the Cardinals. Home against the Jags, which that's the game to circle. Home against the Broncos, and then, you know, they still play the Titans twice. They're home against the Browns now without Watson. So it's there if they want to take it. And again, it's going to have to be more of a, I think more of a downturn on the Jags than it is Houston kind of really turning it up, but I think it's there. And I think that we, we need to start talking more so on CJ Stroud potentially being the league MVP. Yeah. I think that's, that's really the point here is it's not CJ Stroud and the Texans turning up more because I think they're already dialed. I think they're at their max. Mm -hmm. This is the ceiling of the Houston Texans that we are watching this year. Uh, I think they're playing their best football and they just need to continue to do so, which is incredibly hard in this league. Um, but yeah, it r- really is going to come down to the Jags kind of letting off the gas and, and letting them back in and giving them more of that hope blood in the water kind of situation. Yeah, definitely. And you have to figure that Dougie P Trevor Lawrence, they'll figure some things out, but you're right. I mean, the, either way, the AFC playoff picture it's going to be tight. It's going to be competitive, which leads into the final bold take from Dave about the AFC playoff picture. Yeah, I just I need to throw a third in here, make the most of my time while Malik's out. Um, <laughs> back to a game that we just discussed. Um, Deshaun Watson getting injured. A real shame for the league and all of its uh, all of its viewers. Everyone just really loves Deshaun Watson. Stand up guy, guy, household name, role um, model, really? role model. That's correct. Cleveland Browns are six and three, and that is with Deshaun Watson either being injured or playing some of the worst football I've ever seen. (laughs) So my last bold take of the evening, probably not my last bold take, but my last official bold take of the evening, the Cleveland Browns will make the playoffs. They're six and three. They currently one game above the bubble teams. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe they're the sixth seed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but I believe yes. they're the sixth seed. And they've yep. done that with no quarterback. They've done that resting on the laurels of a strong defense and Amari Cooper, really. Because, yeah. I mean, even Nick Chubb, he's been out. And, yes, they've had pieces that have come in and performed well. But I think that team is really just, we're going to beat you into the ground. We are going to take the ball away. We are going to capitalize on your mistakes, and we're going to win games. So I don't think it's that crazy to think that this team is going to go on to win the division. Look to their schedule. They've got some winnable games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think crazier things have happened than that. But that said, you've got the Bengals. You've got the Chargers. You've got the Bills all on the outside looking in. So a lot of hungry dogs behind them. And I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to say dog pound. We'll see you in January. I love it. Well, look, that would be, like you said, their defense has been incredible. Um, it's ridiculous. And I've, you know, I'm sure you've seen this all week too, of how crazy the hindsight of them trading Josh Dobbs and what he's (laughs) done this year and how he would have, should have been the backup to Deshaun Watson and what the season would look like. I mean, every three teams look differently if that move doesn't happen. Um, So you, you almost got to assume it's a good thing for the Browns because if Josh Dobbs comes in and keeps their season afloat, et cetera, et cetera, then you go into next year and you're like, well, we're paying Deshaun every single dollar we have in this building, but he's bad. And we've got this kid that's killing it. So, I mean, not this kid. He's been in the league for like four or five years now. But yeah, so it, they almost avoid the quarterback controversy. So long term, good thing. Short term, really bad thing. But 
Yeah, Josh Dobbs definitely. Absolutely killing it this year. He is, man. It, he's been fun to watch. But look, I like the Browns take. They had the Steelers. That's a huge one, both six and three. Uh, again, I don't know how the Steelers are winning games. The offense, I, I don't know how. My brother's a Steelers fan. I text him every week. I don't know how you watch this offense play. It, it's horrible. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. My comment just keeps um, him afloat. Yeah, he's always over 500 somehow. He, I think but, he just sold his soul to the devil a few years back. And by a few, I mean like 15 years ago to just yeah. ensure that he <laughs> never finishes below 500. It is, it's truthfully ridiculous. And, and this is almost, like you said, to go on a side tangent about the Steelers, good for the short, short term, perhaps bad for the long term, because it's so clear that Kenny Pickett is not a franchise quarterback. But if you keep winning games like this, you know, like what, like what, how can you really go away from them, especially if your draft pick isn't going to be one of those top eight to 12, which you almost rather would prefer the way that the Steelers yeah, are playing? They're very clearly not bad enough to be a top five, top 10 team, um, but they're very clearly not good enough to be on the mm-hmm. other side. So, yeah, they're in purgatory. They're in hell. They are the Philadelphia Flyers of the NFL. Yeah, which is the worst place in sports to be. I Trust mean, you'd me almost not. rather the tank. Yeah. <laughs> oh man gotta love it well look moving on to the monday night game that just happened uh and again reason that we're talking about this because like you said in the loaded afc it was between quietly two teams that are right on the cusp maybe of the playoffs one we really weren't expecting the other i guess we really weren't expecting either to be in the situation that they were uh bills broncos Obviously, that shit show uh, that was Monday night. I don't know how you lose that game for the Bills. Um, apparently, Ken Dorsey was the one that put the 12th man on the field. Uh, he was the one that was throwing the interceptions. He's the one that stripped James Cook. He was everywhere over the field, apparently, because he was fired. And I know you want to touch base on that. Um, but look, this was my bold prediction before the season started when Malik and I came on here. I said the Bills would miss the playoffs. And part of the reason I said that was because that building kind of looks lost to me. And this five and five start to the season, if you want to say start, it's just emphasized that. I mean, every week, Stefan Diggs is going on a new tangent. Now we have Trayvon Diggs sharing on Instagram or, or Twitter, get 14 out of there. I don't, I don't know, know if he wants to be there. I don't know how much he gets along with Josh Allen. We know my Josh Allen take. I'll continue to harp on that. He's Carson Wentz 2.0. Um, I think that that was always something that was hovering around. They just got rid of their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. I think he just left. Um, It was like weird how that situation kind of happened. Now, this isn't on the defense, especially this last last game as we touched on, just too many mistakes by them. But it's still just weird to me. And looking at their schedule now, you're looking at a 5-5 and team with a quarterback that leads the league in interceptions, a team that's scrambling – looking for a scapegoat who just fired their offensive coordinator, which was very low on the totem pole of blame, in my opinion. And now you look at the schedule of the Jets, which are the Jets, but that defense has held Josh Allen his entire career. I just looked at a sample size. The last three games, he's averaging about 195 yards, two total touchdowns, five total interceptions in three games. Then they come to Philly, play the Eagles, the following, I think they have a bye week. Then they go to the Kansas City, home against Dallas, and then they finish the year in Miami against the Dolphins, which at that point the Dolphins might have the division wrapped up. But you want to talk about a gauntlet of a schedule, and I don't want to give the Cowboys credit, 
But you look at the Jets defense that's owned them at Philly, at Kansas City, and a playoff team in the Dallas Cowboys coming into Buffalo. <laughs> it's, it's pretty scary when you're looking at a team with a lot of expectations that are 500 right now. Dallas slander kills me. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I hate the Cowboys as much as the next guy, but man, they're, they're very, very clearly a top three team in the NFC. Um, but yeah, they are in so much trouble. Uh, to your point, that game was both teams, not where we expected them in complete opposite regards. Thought the bills were supposed to be a lot better. We thought the Broncos were supposed to be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, whew, firing Ken Dorsey is so bad. Um, Number one in success rate, the Bills offense. Number one in success rate. Number two in third down conversion rate. Number three in early down success rate. Number three in EPA per play. Number four in rate of downs converted into a new first down. Number four in points per minute of possession. The Bills offense is not to blame for the issues that they are having. Yes, Josh Allen is turning the ball over. Yes, they just, they look bad, but it's clearly not on the offense. I mean, all of those stats are very much proving that the offense is doing everything that they need to do. Yeah, they're not, they are 14th in pass yards allowed. Yes, they are 18th in rush yards allowed. So they're very middling to slightly below average on the defensive side of the ball. But that happens. You cannot sustain a top five defense for years and years and years at a time. The NFL evolves. Players get older. People move. People change. The only team that I've seen sustain that kind of defensive prowess is the San Francisco 49ers because they put every single one of their dollars into their defense. So long story short here, Sean McDermott is just awful. He's so bad. He's listening to what people are saying and trying to take that and change his team that had a very good thing going by saying, hey, we're going to run the ball more. No, you are awesome at throwing the ball. Throw the ball, do it better. Yeah, Josh Allen is throwing interceptions. Yes, they're having struggles right now. You push through that. You get your confidence in your quarterback. You do not just start running the ball, turning it over. They are currently last in the league in starting field position. That's bad luck. They are currently worst in the league in turnovers since week five. That's bad luck. Everyone knows the turnover battle. Yes, of course, he's going to throw some bad interceptions. The turnover battle is like 60% luck. This happens every year. Last year, Eagles led the league in takeaways. Mm -hmm. It just happens. You get the fluky tips. You get this, that, the other. It's just not something you're going to depend on. But you look at this team and you're like, yeah, of course the turnover battle is going to start drifting their way eventually. All of this to say, I think the Bills are lost. I don't think it was Ken Dorsey's fault at all. And I think they just need a reset. I think they need their bye week right now. Sit all of their players in a room, players only meeting, just say, hey, if we want to do this with this core that we have that is rapidly getting close to the point of, oh, yeah letting everyone not letting everyone go but people are gonna start going their own ways can't pay everyone forever so they're hitting that weird point of purgatory that we were just talking about where they're not going to be good they might already be there so they got to figure it out they got to figure it out quick and yeah that's my that's my bill's tangent it's just such a putting a band-aid on a wound that needs stitches with ken dorsey firing because it's not the problem it's not the fix and like if you if you just don't have 12 players on the field during that last field goal kick, you win and this isn't a conversation of him getting fired. Like this is such a, a panic button move, which is why again, like as far as this season goes, I find a hard time believing that they're going to be able to corral it in because 
it, it's just such a panic button move after a terrible loss where things didn't go your way and it's a bad season, especially when you come in with the expectations of being right there with the Chiefs and trying to fight for the AFC and, and making and winning a Super Bowl. And Sean McDermott is an idiot. And, I mean, he showed us in this game alone. Uh, James Cook gets stripped on, what, the second play, and then he didn't see him. And then their best drive of the first half is when you finally put him back out there. Like, I get the idea of, oh, well, I'm going to sit my running back. But why are you running Latavius Murray, who's, what, in his mid-30s? And that's what you, and then and then you're feeding him, like, six straight times. Like, that's what your offense is being predicated on. And it's just – I just don't understand – what they're doing it seems like every move that they're trying to make is such a panic move and it's why i think the season does seem lost latavia's scoring was probably the worst thing that could happen to that team too because they're like hey look at this he did it he walked in yeah it was terrible and then (laughs) yeah later in the game i mean they just (laughs) walk down the field on strong runs by cook like a 20 yard run a 10 yard run eight 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 and then they punch it in without him (laughs) or they kick a field whatever they did um, but yeah, I mean, that team, they're so frustrating to watch and it's no skin off my back. I don't care about the bills, but mm-hmm. you look at them and it looks like a wasted team. Uh, they needed to capitalize to this point in the season, to your point, they are going into a gauntlet that you'd be happy to come out of 500. If you weren't in a position where you're five and five outside of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. So tough spot to be in. Wouldn't want to be him. Don't have to be go birds. Yes, but sir. Let's look at the other side. What did you think of the rejuvenated Denver Broncos? Man, let Russ cook, huh? Sean Payton <laughs> fixed Russell Wilson. Now, I look, I think the Broncos are exactly what they are. Uh, they're a four and five football team that has won a couple of games by the skin of their teeth uh, a couple of weeks ago when they beat the Packers by two. Uh, look at this Monday night game. It should not have been a win. Again, you got lucky. Your field goal kicker missed an easy one and then got a second chance. Oof. I mean, I I don't know. I They are just as boring to watch as any team in the NFL, in my opinion. I think, yeah, Russell Wilson is playing a lot better in comparison to last year. But what is that saying? Because last year he was arguably the worst quarterback that we watched. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I look ahead at, at what they have. I think they're the Sunday night game. This week against the Vikings, Vikings are red hot. Uh, They visit the Texans. They visit the Chargers. They visit the Lions. So they're going to be, I think, exactly what we might have expected them to be, a seven, maybe eight-win team. They'll miss out on the playoffs, but I guess one of the frisky teams that is going to look to shake up the playoff race like they did with the Bills and maybe they do the same with the Lions in a couple weeks. It's so funny because you look at that team and you're like, you would call an eight-win season – good like you'd call that a success for where their expectations were and you take a step back look at the greater picture russell wilson's old oh yeah (laughs) his clock's ticking and sean payton is he gonna be able to turn it over with a new quarterback and new players here there and everywhere i don't know it's they're in a weird spot and i I have no ill will like good luck Mm -hmm. to you but i mean they're another team like to your point they win in these close games if they're not going against a Bills team that's looking for reasons to fire people, they probably don't win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just need to figure themselves out. I think the thing that has led them to success these past three weeks in this winning streak of theirs has been giving the ball to Javante Williams. 
I think yep. when they're able to take the ball out of Russ's hands, not that he's not getting better, this young and upcoming quarterback in Russell Wilson, but <laughs> when they're able All to 34, 34 down, yeah, years young, I can't wait to see what he can become. Um, <laughs> but when they let their young running back, who's finally back at 100% after tearing his ACL last year, is that right? Is it Kelly's yeah, ACL? Yep. One of the two. ACL. Yeah. He's finally up to a full workload. He's looking really good. He's looking really strong as a pass catcher, as a rusher. He's been able to slow the game down, kind of make them more methodical. It's giving Russ a little bit more confidence. He's able to find Cortland Sutton more, Jerry Judy more, even Javante Williams out of the backfield. They have more structure. They seem like they're more of a team now as opposed to just like, hey, we got Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, and we're kind of just going to go out there and see what the two of them can cook up. And it's cool to see I don't, like you said i don't think it's going to amount to much but um they could be back yeah i mean again it's it's so weird and to be a broncos fan because you talk about the steelers kind of being in that purgatory the broncos are there too they just traded for and paid a shit ton of money to an aging very quickly as you mentioned quarterback as to where the steelers can kind of like reset or work with kenny pickett who is young in comparison to Russell Wilson. Um, but I don't, I like, I can't see the Broncos making the playoff run at all. No, the AFC is too deep. I don't think there's yeah. any scenario where they're sneaking in the playoffs. And if they do, they're just going to get absolutely slammed in the wild card. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Well, good luck look, to them, but we're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. And with that, we will move on and move on to college football. Uh, as the new college football playoff rankings had just dropped the other day. Uh, I guess no real surprise, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and Florida State at number 4. I think we had Washington at 5, Oregon at 6. So no real major changes right now. Rarely do we see major changes, especially when the games are going, how they're going. Um, But I wanted to get your take, and again, more predictions on who we're going to have in the college football playoff. Um, But I'll start with a couple of the big games that we saw this past weekend in relation to the college football playoff. So number one, Georgia uh, welcomed Ole Miss and they steamrolled them. It was a game that really was never close. Uh, 52 to 17 was the final score. This to me, Georgia finally flexed their muscles. Uh, This was the game that we were waiting for. And it almost felt like, Hey, when you're going for a three peat regular season can kind of get boring, but when you're on national TV, seven 30, top 10 sec team coming in that's the time to show it and they showed it yeah and they needed it um if not for themselves for the national media everyone looked at this year and they've just been sleepwalking they've been Mm -hmm. winning games they're undefeated it's not like they've taken a step back it's not like they're a bad team but you look at this georgia team and you're expecting 30 40 50 point wins every week and they just they just weren't doing it and everyone's like okay well when they finally face some competition they're gonna have a lot of trouble turns out no they're not Um, so I think we finally do have the Georgia of old back, um, rightful spot at the top of the college football playoff rankings. Um, it's, it's good to see, but also it's kind of disappointing because looking across the landscape of college football, I mean, you've got Ohio state and Michigan and to lesser extent, Florida state and Oregon and Washington and X, Y, Z, you have all these teams that are right there in this really close tight knit circle. And you're like, any one of these teams can beat any one of these teams. And I really want to see it. And I still think it's like that. I don't think Georgia beating the piss out of Old Miss is really going to change that. Mm-hmm. But 
um, I think they do kind of take a step away from that pack a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a good point. And partially why I'm excited for the 12 team playoff to expand, because it seems like this year more than ever, we've had that parody that we've been lacking over the past few. Um, and we'll talk about our college football predictions, but I do have a chaos prediction where, you know, things can get shaken up. But before we get there, the other big one, the talk of college football, really with Michigan, everything that's going on with Harbaugh and the science dealing. Well, I feel like that kind of covered up a big top 10 matchup with them going into Penn state and without Jim Harbaugh winning a game that in the most Michigan way, I think I've seen uh, of literally running the ball. I think every play <laughs> in the second half and yep. just saying we're, we're more, more physical than you. We're stronger than you. We're faster than you. And we're just going to prove it. And they did. Yeah. They set a record, I believe with the yeah. um, consecutive runs, which is crazy for when you think about how old college football is. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been big on Penn State this year. I know they were a top 10 team. I know they were undefeated. I just, they don't move the needle for me. And that's probably just a little bit of bias. I just, I simply can't stand Penn State. Um, doesn't really fall in line with the Eagles in me, but yeah, I just can't do it. Can't do Penn State. Um, but yeah, to your point, I cannot wait for the 12 team playoff. You look at number seven, Texas, number eight, Alabama. And yes, they can sneak into the top four. They can get in this year, but I want to see those teams. I want to see and it's gonna be a 12 team playoff. It's gonna be sick. It's gonna be great to watch. Yeah. But I want them, I want it now. I don't want to wait. I know. I know. And again, especially like this is the year too that like this is the year. You, you have Washington. Like like there are teams that are going to miss the playoff that have not only looked good, like they've looked awesome at times this year. Like Washington's looked fantastic. Oregon's looked great. Texas has looked like the Texas of old. Like you talked about Alabama, but um, I don't know. I do want it now too. There is a scenario and kind of thinking of how these college football playoffs are going to shape out with the final four teams and kind of our predictions and what we're thinking. And I think in our predictions, we're pretty aligned. There's two, well, we're both halfway there, but there is a chaos that I'm rooting for with this top four. I really think that there's a world where you see Michigan or Ohio State, whoever wins that one, we'll talk about it at number one. There's a world where Bama, and I think that they have a real chance at beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. And if that happens, I find it very hard to believe that this committee would keep one of them out. Well, let me stop you there. So here's here's the issue with that. The last mm -hmm. week of the college football regular season, Bama plays Georgia. So they would have to split. They would have to Alabama would have to win both, I think, to get into the playoff. But if they don't win both, then they if they split one and one, it really comes down to what who wins the SEC so title game. I think that is the SEC. I don't think it's a regular season game. I think both have clinched their Got it. um like Bama's already clinched the West, Georgia's clinched the East. So okay. when it's it, they threw it on the schedule, to, but I think that that is um, that will be the championship game. Got so the rest of the regular season, Bama has a lookout, Chattanooga this week. Never know what can happen there, <laughs> and then uh, the Iron Bowl against Auburn. But no, you would assume that both those teams went out, even if they didn't. They clinched their right for the SEC championship game. But if Georgia wins out, as we're expecting and then their only loss is in the SEC championship game to Alabama, would they keep Georgia out? I don't think you can. 
Um, we had this situation, what, last year with, with Ohio, Ohio State, State Michigan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they, they both have to make it. And sure, I'll root for chaos. I mean, SEC football is, is the best football, you know? Yeah, it is. And I think the one thing that gets thrown a wrench in it is now, let's say, in the same token, the undefeated Washington loses in the Pac-12 championship game to Oregon. Does Oregon now take the leap over presumably Florida State, who, let's be real, they will win out. They'll win the ACC. But if you're sitting there with an undefeated Big Ten champion, sitting there with a one-loss Oregon team, who is Pac-12 champions, a one-loss Georgia team, who lost in the SEC, Alabama, conference champions, beat the team nobody could for the past three years, and an undefeated Florida State ACC champion, is there a world that they leave Florida State out? I don't think so. Um, I think Florida State has played enough competition. Yes, it's the ACC. Yes, it's a down year for Clemson. Yes, it's there. It's not the Pac-12 or the SEC, but I think an undefeated Power Five team, like it's, it's not like you have UCF parading down the streets saying <laughs> we're we're national champions. Like they've played some dogs, and I don't think there's any way where you leave FSU out of it personally. Yeah, well, no, that's that's certainly fair, and I think a lot of the time. And for good reason, we think that the committee is so biased towards the SEC. And I think so even with the Big Ten now, we can say with for Michigan sure. and Ohio State, yep. that I don't know if they would ever be able to come back from that. If they did put in Alabama and Georgia and the Pac-12 champion and left out an undefeated Florida State team, yeah, that'd be hard be to come criminal. back from. Oh, it'd, it'd be, be criminal. criminal. Well, the thing <laughs> is, they'd never have to come back from it because it's 12-team playoff the following year. So they would right. have to deal with it for like three months. Right. So why not do it? Yeah. I mean, they could. It's... I mean, <laughs> you know what? Screw it. Let's just have Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, and Michigan. We'll That's honestly, it... fuck it. That's what everyone's going to want to watch either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's uh, look, it's the best time in college football is when you get to these conference championship games. Like anything can happen, any team can make a leap. Florida State could lose at Florida in a couple weeks for all we know. And then this isn't even an argument. To be had, because if, if they lose one of the games, if they lose at Florida, I think they play a cupcake this week. So if they lose at Florida next week, lose to Louisville in the ACC championship game, like there's no shot that they make it. At that point, like they're just going to be looking for an excuse to keep them out of it. Yeah, they have to win out. Uh, I think yeah. obviously Louisville is going to be their biggest challenge in the ACC championship game. Um, we'll see. They don't really yeah. move the needle for me. They're a good team, mm-hmm. but I, I guess I just haven't watched enough Florida State football to really get too excited about it. But, yeah, that's yeah, that's my, fair. My four, my four are Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State, and Washington. I think they are going to make yeah. it in. Yeah, and I think that's where – so we have the middle. We both have Georgia and Florida State in it. But where we disagree are the one and the four seeds. And let's start with Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, Malik's going to love you because you're taking the Buckeyes. But I'm going to go with Michigan to take them down. But we'd love to hear your side of it. You see it differently. Ohio State breaking the losing streak in a couple of weeks against Michigan. And essentially the team that wins this game is going to win the big 10 championship and make the playoff probably yep. as the one. Yeah. Um, obviously there's a lot of juice in this game. There always is as uh, one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Um, no hardball, obviously didn't matter against Penn state. Like I said, I think Penn state are pretenders. Um, they get, it's probably not really going to matter too much. I mean, you have so much time to prep for this game ahead of time but 
it's obviously a talking point. The team's distracted. There's this, that, the other. I think Ohio State's a very good team. I think they're not particularly playing their best football. I think they can be better. Um, they have the best offensive player in the country. It's going to be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I stand with Ohio State. Um, not for any reason other than just going to go with the team that's in front now. I think those games come down to splitting hairs. Like you said, they do have a losing streak against Michigan, so maybe there's something there. Um, would love to have more insight for you, but I think it's a coin flip at the end of the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, Malik paid you to say Ohio State, and that's, that's right. fine. Um, but no, I, I think it definitely is a coin flip. We knew this coming into the season, right? Like both teams are legit. We figured they were going to win out and face each other head on, as it seems like it's happened the past couple of years. Where I tend to lean Michigan is this whole suspension thing is a little weird to me because Harbaugh can still be there like 90% of the time, the only 10% being the most important in game. But you're right, like they can still prepare how they want to prepare, game plan how they want to game plan. And then it's just about the players executing on Saturday, which a majority of the time that's what it comes down to anyway. And I and I heard this line last year in regards to this game that I'm gonna bring back this year. Ohio State was built to beat any team in college football, but Michigan was built to beat Ohio State. And I do believe that at the end of the day, Ohio State could probably be more of a threat, as we saw last year, to a Georgia, to um, a Florida State, to Washington or Oregon. But I think that Michigan is just their kryptonite. I think that Harbaugh has come in and has made it his mission to take this rivalry over and i just think i just think we're going to see what we saw last year and the year before that they're they're better on the lines and in a coin flip game i'm going to take the better quarterback and i think right now it's jj mccarthy the underlining issue if you want to call it that that i've seen from ohio state fans has been kyle mccord and can he step up in the in the big game at michigan i think it's going to be it's going to be very difficult yeah and i don't think there's anything that you can say to argue that i think it's it's a coin flip at the end of the day. All right, all right, we're good. I was going to say you froze, you froze for a sec there. <laughs> all good, all good. We'll we'll edit that out later. Um, but I guess the next the next team, the four team, uh, I have Oregon. You have Washington. Now I might be a little biased because I put a future on Oregon to win it all a few weeks ago. But I'm interested to hear your Washington take on why you think they will win out, win the Pac-12, and secure that fourth spot. Because they got that dog in them. Mm. That's mm. that's what I got yeah. for you. No, I mean, they, yeah. they won the first meeting. Um, they handed Oregon their only loss this season. Uh, I do think Oregon's putting together getting, getting better as the season has gone along. I think Oregon's a very scary team. I think the Pac-12 is full of talent. Consider this my plug for the Pac-12. I mean, you crushed it with your <laughs> Oregon State prediction. Uh, at the beginning of the year, over eight and a half wins. Is that, yeah, we, need, that the... we, we need one more. We need yeah, one more. Well, win. they've got both teams. They've got Washington and yeah. Oregon to play to close out the season. And then I think like USC or some, some dumpy team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's another case of these. It was a one score game, I believe um, at Oregon. Yeah. Was it, at, it was at Oregon, right? At, I think it's at Washington. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, another coin flip game. Um, I'm unoriginal. I'm going with the team that won the first meeting. Um, we'll see. I think there's a lot to unpack there. And I think 
realistically, for the sake of this conversation, whoever wins that game should be in the playoff. Um, Definitely. I know in your in your chaos uh, scenario, does Oregon get in if they beat the undefeated dogs in the do. championship? I think they should. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I'm with you too. Um, because at that point, you're going to have the argument of the one loss non-conference champion, either Michigan or Ohio State, or the one loss, if it is Oregon, Pac-12 champion. And I just think that the way they're playing right now, you can't not include them. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's just we saw these two teams face. They're very similar teams. They're clearly the upper echelon of the Pac-12, which has been a great conference this year. It's been um, such a good year for the Pac-12. Oh, it, can't. it has in their last year. Like, it's, it's almost a shame to, to watch these conferences get diluted, but – I'm just going to go with the – again, I go back to the quarterbacks. Like, I'll pick the one who's 35 years old and has played 217 college football playoff games. Like, <laughs> give me both Knicks. Um, I've been watching them the past couple of weeks. Last week, I think the score was a lot closer against USC than the game actually happened. I think they're just hitting their stride, and I love Dan Landing. Uh, he's a Georgia guy. I think he knows what it takes to win these big games. And, look – three-point game against Washington that could have gone either way. I almost think that gives more of an edge to Oregon going into the Pac-12 championship game. I can honestly say if the score was flipped, I might take Washington for the same reason. Um, but <laughs> it's dogs. two vet yeah, hungry dogs, baby. Um, but no, I just I really like what Oregon's doing, and I think my bias of just taking the future on them is why I'm yeah, putting them in. That checks out. <laughs> um, but I love it, man. Either way, like this is the best time in college football is when the conferences start to, you know, kind of take their shape. The conference championship games start to get set. And the last year that we have the four-team playoff, I mean, this is what I'm kind of going to miss because the madness of who the 12th team is going to be over the 13th team isn't as exciting as the fifth over the fourth. I'm not going to miss the four-team playoff. No. It was was a very nice stepping stone between the top two and the – incumbent 12 team playoff but i mean even eight would have been fine i just i know <laughs> four there's just there's not enough for four like there's no. there's five power conferences i know <laughs> i mean not You're really right. in college football but you yeah. get the idea i mean this was always a like you said you said it perfectly it was the stepping stone but the ultimate goal was to get 12 or i guess even 16 if they want to expand beyond the 12 but it almost seemed like, okay, let's meet in the middle for now. And it's been great to watch. And uh, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, but, I think 12 is a good number. Um, like I said, I think, I think eight's perfect, but 12, sure. It just gives four teams a buy. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Because, I mean, once you get to 16A, the schedule either needs to be longer or you get, you're get you just going to have a weird situation. Um, and B, you're going to start getting like those those weird middling schools that really aren't good but they beat a couple ranked teams once, and then they're just going to get pounded in the ground by Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Georgia, Bama. Yes. Like it's just, it's not going to be fun to watch, and it's just no. going to piss people off because you're just wasting it. I mean, I guess you're not wasting in the playoff, but your regular season's like six games. Like, yeah. So yeah, I exactly. Football. Well, look, right now the 16th and 17th teams in the nation are Iowa and Arizona. So yeah, no, hey. I don't want to see them. My cats, I do. Um, my dad went to Arizona, so big cats fan. Football That's school. Fair. Yeah, oh yeah. Always was. Always was. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Well, look, moving on to what we're really here for. It's a birds podcast, first and foremost. Malik would agree. 
Uh, I know he pretends to be a Cowboys fan, but he grew up a big Eagles fan. So that's right. When you see him, when you see him on the streets, shoot him a text, say "Go Birds." He knows who the better team is. But it's Birds Chiefs. It's a Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football. I want to make one thing clear before we really dive into this. Stop calling it a revenge game. I don't care if this is a 50 to nothing Eagles win. There's nothing you can do that get revenge over the Super Bowl loss. Uh, I don't know if that's just me being annoyed by everyone calling this a revenge game. But nonetheless, I feel weirdly confident about this. Yeah, I go back and forth. Um, I, I also agree that it's not a revenge game. Um, anyone that's saying that is just a WIP caller. Uh, it's just, <laughs> just how it is. Like no one's like, oh yeah, we beat him in week eleven, which vindicates mm-hmm. us from that play or that Super Bowl loss. I feel so much better now. No, no, that one's gonna sting forever, and it's gonna sting until we beat them in the Super Bowl again this year, um, or see them again in the Super Bowl and then win this one. This long hey story now. short. Uh, hey now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is gonna be such an interesting week. I think it's two teams that haven't looked as good as they probably are. I think I think you could say that about a lot of teams in the league outside of like the Ravens, the Texans, a team, a couple teams that are overachieving or actually playing really well. Um, and even then, like no one's really rising to the top like Eagles, eight and one, Chiefs, seven and two. And right. they're not playing their best football. So this is such an interesting week of can they get it right? Can they come back? Can they put it together in a game that everyone has their eyes on? Um, I think the Chiefs defense is so much better than it was last year. They're absolutely killing people. Um, The defense is scary, quite frankly. Um, No Dallas Goddard for the Eagles offense. So I think it's going to be a pretty interesting uh, exercise to see what Brian Johnson can do. Um, They had they had the whole bye week and then some going into this game um to kind of game plan figure out how they're going to get more out of aj brown Devonte smith the backup tight ends who have a collective two catches for 13 yards this season or something mm-hmm. along those lines um <laughs> we know that they trust jack Stoll. everyone knows they trust jack Stoll. um clearly this team's going to look a little bit different without dallas the chiefs defense looks different than the super bowl both sides it's 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 not a super bowl rematch it is no. on paper sure it's chiefs eagles it is a it is the next game after the Super Bowl. It is not a Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, no, I, I a lot of great points, man. I honestly, the thing for the Eagles that everyone's going to be watching for is how healthy is that knee of Jalen Hurts? You're coming off the bye week. It was almost a, it was a literal limp to the bye week. Get healthy. Sorry. He said he feels great. Of course, what is he going to say? But I'm curious to see how much better he feels because leaving that Dallas game, there was a legitimate worry in points of that game where we didn't know if he was going to come back on the field or if it was going to be Marcus Mariota. So that's going to be the big thing for all Eagles fans to watch. And you brought up a great point. I mean, Dallas Goddard, unfortunately missed a handful of weeks last year too. And this Eagles offense looked fine without him. And weirdly enough, you signed a guy in Julio Jones, who I think might be able to have a larger role now without Dallas Goddard, because it's a little unknown on what you have with the rest of that tight end group, as you kind of mentioned, like, yeah, you trust these guys, but to what extent? Um, and when you've been working in Julio Jones, this offense more specifically in that slot role, I think you're going to see a much larger role take place for him. And I trust him to kind of get it done. 
this is also where the second half of the year, when Goddard went down with an injury, that we really saw Devontae Smith spike like crazy. And up to this point, not that he's been bad, but numbers-wise, he's been one of the more disappointing Eagles of the year. And again, it's it's not so much on him. He's not dropping every pass. He's not running the wrong routes. Like he just he hasn't been producing the numbers that I think we thought he was going to. So relying on AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and hopefully more so that running game, we should be okay without Dallas Goddard. I think going into this, the big question is going to be: will more points be scored or will they show Taylor Swift? And the Kelsey and Swift parents more. I mean, what you know, like that's really what I think everyone cares about. Uh, it's going to be a very close one on that. And I think <laughs> I'll give the edge to points very narrowly. Interesting. But between Donna and Taylor. <laughs> so here's my thing. I think Donna and Taylor are going to be together for this game. So I don't yes. think it's going to be flash here, flash there. So that cuts down that's on true. the times that you're going to be seeing them. So that's my analytical thinking here. Ooh, that's that's good. It's only one suite to cut to. I like it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, my big thing here, um, to your point, you're going to have Julio Jones as that big body across the middle. I think what I'm most interested in seeing is if they decide that they want to try and get DeAndre Swift involved as much as possible, slow the game down, take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. We've seen this before. We've seen the Eagles kind of just take control of the time of possession battle and really limit yep. what their opponent can do. I think Andy Reid is going to be expecting this. I think he's one of the best coaches in the game. Um, it'll be so interesting to see how Brian Johnson, Nick Sirianni, Sean Desai can play chess with Andy Reid. Um, there's playmakers on both sides of the ball on both teams. So I really do think it's going to come down to game plans. I think the margins are razor thin here, and I don't think we've been performing well in those margins. So we'll see. We're going to have Jack Driscoll in on the tush push uh, in mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard's spot. So an extra lineman in the play. Um, oh, it's going to be so interesting. I can't wait. Monday night, juice everywhere. <laughs> it is, man. It is. And um, look, the only thing, the, one of the main things that worries me too is how good Andy Reid's been off a of bye week. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just been incredible. That's how it's been when he was here in Philadelphia. It's continued in Kansas City. So you have to account for that as well. Um Kind of like you said, both teams coming off the bye week, the double bye, the double week prep for both teams. Like this is not to not to take it back to the Super Bowl, but it it has that playoff feel to it because both teams have all of this time to prepare for one opponent. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously it was intentional. These these things don't happen by accident. Um, But yeah, it's going to be. So interesting to see, and everyone's going to jump to so many conclusions following this game, and yep. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, look, I can't wait to beat Patrick Mahomes in that same underwear that he wears every single week, apparently. Um, yeah, I hate send that. Send him home. Wash him. Um, time to wash him. What's your prediction? So, again, I, 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 feel, I feel weirdly confident about this game. I think we just said that a revenge factor really isn't a revenge factor. But I think that that only goes – I think these players, once this game gets started, I really think, especially the sicko that Jalen Hurts is, like he's going to want to dominate. And we've seen, like even with that bad knee, 
he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league still. I mean, I think he's MVP favorite right now and for absolute good reason. So my early prediction, and I'll have to probably sit on it, but I do think that we control the clock. I do think our offense has a better showing against this Chiefs defense. I think I have this one in a tight one. I'll give it 27-24. Good guys. That was that was a score that I had. I, I was flip-flopping between a couple scores and 27-24 was where my head fell. Um, yeah, I think ugh, that's disgusting. Um, well, now I know what score to bet on. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exact score, 27-24. So if we we're both thinking it. Yeah, it's going to be like 40 to 16 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, no, um, I think we're going to slow the game down. I think we're going to do as much as we can to keep Jalen healthy, um, keep our cards close to our chest, because I, I do think that both teams are going to be like, hey, we might see them again. So yeah. obviously you're not game planning for, hey, what if we see them in the Super Bowl? But I think it's going to be kind of a in the trenches, pound the pound the rock, Yep. Kind of just Big Ten football. Um, I'll go 24-20. I think it's going to be a huge game from DeAndre Swift. I think there's going to be two takeaways by the defense, uh, whether mm. it be a pick and a fumble, two fumbles, two picks. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to turn the ball over at least once, and I think the Chiefs will turn the ball over twice. Interesting. Well, fuck it. I like it. I'll take it. It's another win. I wonder what the excuse is going to be when the Eagles do win, but – no, it's sure the ref. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you right oh, yeah. now. The ref, yeah. the ref making up for yeah, <laughs> ref making up for uh, for February. But right. with that, let's keep on the train of predictions, and we'll end the show with a couple of Dave's best bets. Uh, I know you brought a couple. You can only share one if you want. You can keep the rest hidden. Whatever you want to do. I know you have a couple of good plays. Um, I will have one for us, and then the rest. Got to follow our socials. We'll drop them with me and Malik's best. But Dave. I know you have a couple of plays. What do you got? Yeah, Dave's I don't know. Plays. Dave's, Dave's plays. Dave's darts. Dave's um, darts, baby. That's a tough one. I wasn't expecting to only share one. What's my what's my Hey, Dave's you can dart? share all. I just didn't know if you wanted to keep some in the vault. I didn't no, know no. if you know <laughs> you <gotta laughs> no, rip, let them rip. Subscribers let rip. only. They gotta they gotta come to the socials to find out. Hell yeah. Um, I'll give two. I'll I'll, I'll make it two um they'll both be nfl i've i love okay. i mean we talked about this early in the show i don't love i i actually despise the giants i don't love the commanders um i think the giants are like i said the worst team in the league i'm going to take washington minus nine and a half i think sam howell's been playing really good ball this year i think he's throwing the ball really well um putting up a lot of points and i don't think the giants can put up any points aside from garbage time against the cowboys and they were down about 35 so <laughs> First one is Washington minus nine and a half. Second one, uh, going Tennessee Jacksonville over 39 and a half. I think Jacksonville has a get right game after getting absolutely torched by the Niners. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're going to come out with a lot of juice. I think Dougie P is going to really be airing it out. Um, so, I mean, even if they put up 24 points, I mean, all you're looking for is 17 out of Tennessee. Right. And that might be a tall ask. Um, do we know if Will Levis is playing this week? I think he is. Cool. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's a get-right game for Jacksonville. I think they put up a lot of points. I'm going over 39 and a half. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, that's one of my theories, too, is whenever a team gets thumped, especially especially a playoff team like the Jags, like they're going to come back the next week and, and take care of business. Um, yeah, too much firepower. I love it. Yeah, too much firepower. And Will Levis has been playing good ball, man. He's been exciting yeah. to watch. 
Yeah. All right. I dig it. Well, the one play I have, not sure if it'll be an official Liam's lock, but a bonus, if you will. I'll go to college. Um, I'm looking at that Michigan-Maryland game. reason I'm looking at that is because this Maryland game kind of got sandwiched between at Penn State, obviously the big game that they're looking ahead to, the whole hardball situation. It's a 19-point spread. I think Michigan covers. I I think that the defense is that good. Maryland, I know their offense has been struggling the past couple of weeks. Um, I just, I, I think I have enough faith in this Michigan team to be so pissed off that they continue on the show that they are this good of a defense. I don't know if Maryland can score more than 13 points. So if that's the case, yeah. I have full faith in it. Yeah, exactly. So I'll take Michigan. I think a lot of people are going to take them as this look ahead spot and are they going to be in trouble? And I think they're going to be doing what Georgia did and just flex their muscles and show that they're one of the best teams in college football. So I'll take Michigan cover the 19. Yeah, that game's interesting. Um, to your point, it's very much a look-ahead game there. It's that sandwich game between two of the biggest games on their schedule. Um, I would love Maryland plus 19, but I'm just not going to take it because I do think Michigan, with that three-game suspension of Harbaugh, is going to try and clobber as many opponents. Oh, yeah. Hey, take our coach away for three games. We're still going to ball out. So I love it. Minus 19. 100%. 100%. Well, anyway, Dave, look, I I appreciate you joining. It was a fantastic show. Um, Follow us on all the socials. Follow me on Instagram at LiamStokes11. Follow the podcast at WeTrust underscore podcast. Follow Dave on the gram. If you're you're looking at it, you can see it there. If not, it's at DaveWallace94. Dave, any last words? Go Birds. Yes, sir. Go Birds. Thanks, man.